This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Cineplex Junction opened its doors in Mississauga last year. It's more than a movie theater. It wants to be an entertainment hub. Toronto community reporter Mara Hutchinson had a chance to check out the junction. Hey, good morning, Mara. Nice to chat with you today. Morning. How are you? I'm pretty good. Just before you and I discuss a night out at the movies, uh, forget Mississauga. You're not in Toronto at all right now. Nothing in the GTA for you. You're in San Francisco. Why do you want to get out of town? Well, I it was actually my dad's birthday last week. It was his 65th birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we his entire family is here in the Bay Area, and we just thought it'd be such a nice treat for him to welcome the 65th year. Oh, that's amazing. And, yeah, and start the great year off as well here and just kind of be with family. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, happy birthday. Happy belated birthday to your dad. Okay, let's hop on the plane and come back to Mississauga. What <sighs> motivated you to visit the junction? Well, I think because at this time right now, it's really, really cold and you kind of want to just, you know, get your kids out and just see what's new and just kind of entertain them. Right. And it's just literally like maybe 10 minutes away, 10 minutes drive from my place. So we went there. One of the connective tissues here in our conversation that you and I have been having for a few months now is that you are someone who has a sense of adventure. You 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 go to new places. How do you feel about visiting new places? I'm not gonna lie, and this goes with places around our area in Toronto or or other countries. It's it gives me a lot of anxiety, and I feel like this goes. For everybody, I'm assuming, just because I have my disabilities and I'm always terrified of what is out there. The unknown. The unknown, because I'm not familiar with my surroundings, right? And I'm, o- I'm only really comfortable in my own space, which is at my house. But I feel like we shouldn't be limiting ourselves for experiencing and living life. And I always tell that to everybody that it doesn't hold me back and it shouldn't hold me back from trying new things, doing what others are doing and seeing the world or seeing what's out there around my area and just kind of vibe out, have fun as well. Even though I'm not going to lie, I'm always anxious and it's just because I'm not comfortable, but then I have to experience it. I have to live it. It's something that I empathize with, Mara. Um, There are a bunch of things to see and do around this city, (laughs) and I don't do a lot of them because I find the places that I like. Mm. I find the subway stations that I'm comfortable with. I find the restaurants and bars and cafes that I'm comfortable with, and it's kind of easy to end up in that rut of comfort, which is partially a disability thing, but I also think it's a little bit of a human thing. Of course, yes. And... Um, yeah. So, so the experience itself, whether it be uh, whether or not you were actually entertained or the accessibility, what did the junction put on offer for you? 
Okay, first of all, who thought of doing an live in, I'm sorry, live entertainment Fridays and Saturdays? There's arcades now everywhere. I feel like everywhere you go while you're waiting around for your actual movie time. The food, I mean, it wasn't like that before. So I just feel like it's just a good space overall with many things on top of just watching a movie. And you can have the both the best, like the both the best world. We have stuff for the kids, stuff for the adults. So I was actually enjoying myself. My son was roaming around on his own with the arcades and while I was just having my drink. What about while the, we wait for the time? Yeah. What 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 about the accessibility experience? Well, they are coming out with many things for, you know, the legally blind and people that obviously can't hear as well. But I feel like, and there's actual um, things that you can use to make yourself hear better and see better. But it does need a lot of work. I'm going to be flat out honest because some movies are not compatible with the system that they are using. And that's what we're doing. You know, we're advocating for these things that if you want these things to work, you need the movies to actually be compatible with, with all these like systems that provide for us to see better, to hear better. And overall, I mean, going the other route, well, it's spacious. You're, you have a lot of space to, you know, walk around, wheelchairs and everything. But I just feel like we need a lot of work in terms of really, really experiencing this the movies in general, right? Yeah, putting all the putting all the pieces yeah. together. Well, Cineplex Junction is located inside the Aaron Mills Town Center in Mississauga. For more information, you can call 905-412-2828. That's 905-412-2828 or visit cineplex.com. Okay, switching from movies to food, Toronto's food scene is going to light up later <laughs> this month. The annual Winterlicious Festival will feature restaurants all across the city. Mara, what do you like about Winterlicious? What I love about it is the fact that it you have three course meals for the for a good budget. And these are, you know, very, very well top of the line restaurants all across the GTA. And just kind of experiencing that vibe in terms of like, you know, really these are places that obviously I'm gonna tell you flat out, I can't afford because of my budget. Mm. So I'm, you know, and you can go for lunch with like a fixed um, menu and price. So I just feel like it's such a nice thing to do with friends, your families, and or you, if you want to have a date with somebody. I just feel like it's just a nice thing that that Toronto always comes out with. They have winterlicious, they have summerlicious. So I'm excited for this. <laughs> How'd you find navigating the website? Because obviously with so many <sighs> restaurants participating, there could be a lot of information there. So it changed a lot over the years, which I'm very, very excited about, only because now when you click on the restaurant that you are, you know, obviously focused on or interested in, it will tell you in the bottom that it of the actual information of the restaurant, if it's accessible. And if you feel more comfortable about it, which I did, um, I would call the restaurant myself and ask questions and see, you know, is it is it this for me or is it what's going on over there and so on. So before I actually make reservations, I like to call them and just see if it's compatible for 
my comfort zone and my needs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. Sometimes you have to go that extra step, right? Just getting a checklist yeah. on a website might not quite be enough. So, Mara. Well, they never had that before. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm so amazed. So, yeah. Uh, Mara, on the way out here, what restaurants are you going to hit up? So for sure, I've always been gone. I've always been going to this place, Wildfire, with my husband. I am excited to dress up and go on a date night with him. It's already booked. Nice. So yeah, it's we've been going to this place for many, many years, and I'm gonna actually hit up some girlfriends and see what else we can do, and maybe bring out that date night with the girls and check out what's good for us. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, Mara, I've taken enough time of your vacation. Go back to be with your family. Have a lovely time. Yes. Safe travels. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Have a great day. That is Toronto community reporter Mara Hutchinson. Winterlicious runs in Toronto from January the 26th until February the 8th. For more information, you can email wintersummerlicious at toronto.ca. That's wintersummerlicious at toronto.ca. And licious is spelled L-I-C-I-O-U-S. And if you do want to check out that wildfire restaurant, it is located at the Executive Hotel Cosmopolitan in Toronto. <laughs> in one minute, Laura Bain has the entertainment report, but first, there's a new device on the market for hardcore video gamers. Mike Dubusky has the details in Tech Trends. From ABC News Tech Trends, a new gadget is clawing its way into the handheld gaming space. IGN's Taylor Lyles says it's called the MSI Claw. It's essentially just part of that emerging submarket where it's a hybrid between a handheld and also a whole gaming PC. She says the company is making a battery life argument with MSI claiming two hours of playtime on the device's most energy intensive settings. You don't have to tweak anything to lower the graphical settings or anything like that. I can get two hours out of that before I have to go down and charge it. The claw is expected to start just under $700. That's more expensive than the top end Valve Steam Deck, one of MSI's main competitors. But Lyle says it's still cheaper than building your own gaming PC. If you're looking for something that will, you know, get the job done at a pretty good level without having to fork over a ton of money on the latest NVIDIA graphics cards. It'll do just that. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubosky, ABC News. Thank you very much, Mike. From the world of video games to the world of movies, Laura Bain, the Academy Awards have put out their nominees this morning. Yeah, that's right. Uh, as you said, Oscar nominations just came out. Uh, so we're just going to go over the list of the nominations for Best Pictures. There's American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killer of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and the zone of interest. It's kind of a long list. You know, I'm thinking as I'm reading it, Dave, that I'm like, maybe, uh, you know, I'm sort of like auditioning here for my, uh, <laughs> to to read the, uh, read the award. Maybe they'll contact me. <laughs> on the award, doing the voiceover on the, uh, the night of the show itself. Yeah. Laura, that information obviously just dropped only a couple minutes ago. So not a lot of time necessarily to react to the list, but I don't think necessarily any major surprises there. A lot of those movies have no. been garnering buzz since their release over the course of the last 12 months. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for sure, uh, some of what we've seen so far with uh, previous, like the Golden Globes and, uh, 
the Critics' Choice. Now, folks can catch the Oscars on March 10th. They're going to be hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Hopefully his jokes jokes are going to land a little better than those of Joe Coy at the Golden Globes. <laughs> we'll see. It's not his first time hosting it. So, uh, Now, none of those productions were filmed in Canada, Dave, mm. but uh, I wanted to bring forward another piece of news, which yeah, is that yeah, please. according to Movie Maker Magazine, who put out an annual list, Toronto has been named the number one best city to live and work in for those in the TV and film industry. Mm-hmm. Now, right away, you might think, what about Los Angeles and New York? So it's worth mentioning that those have been moved to their Hall of Fame, so they can no longer be in the running. They're just obvious choices. But the makers of this list actually suggest that even though those cities obviously are huge in terms of film and television, that folks don't start out there or even necessarily choose to live there kind of mid-career, but rather that they only sort of move to New York and Los Angeles once they've got to a point in their career where they're taking regular meetings there and maybe can afford to have a second residence, Mm -hmm. but that, um, you know, a better choice might be to look for a more livable, affordable city that still still has a strong industry industry presence. I know where I can tell where we're going here there, but uh, they suggest that by taking away some of the stress of the high cost of living and challenging commutes, people will be able to focus more on their creative projects. I know you certainly don't think about challenging commutes and high cost of living when you think about Toronto. Do you, no, ne- never, not, not once, Lorna. Never would I think of Toronto as a city that's too expensive and like largely unlivable. That said, that said, I literally had dinner on Saturday night with a bunch of my friends who work in the acting world and work in the TV and film business, and they have a huge network and community here. There are major shows that film in Toronto. There's major movies that film in Toronto. The Toronto International Film Festival is obviously a big deal. There's a lot of grants and opportunities through government programs and cultural programs, and there's a couple of TV series that have really made Toronto home as a stand-in for New York at about <laughs> at about half the... It's the same, where there's huge hubs, right? Vancouver is a special effects hub. Montreal is a CGI hub and soundstage hub. These are wonderfully artistic towns with incredible, vibrant industry. Montreal, Vancouver, that, that these are places that are making lists like this within the industry because the caliber of the work that's coming out of these cities is top tier and they are cheaper to live in than LA or New York. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, Montreal made it in at number 10, Calgary number 8, Vancouver number 5. Now, I think you've pretty much touched on all of the points that they made in terms of why Toronto was voted number 1. It moved up from its number 4 spot last year. I'm just looking here, and I I think you've actually touched on, like, most of them, including its ability to look like other cities at a cheaper (laughs) price. So, you know, know your strength. Great great studio space, 35,000 film and television workers, a great networking opportunity. Now, here's one you didn't mention that's interesting, is that Toronto is known for having the fastest turnaround time in North America for its filming permits. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for a city. It's certainly a good thing for those in the industry in a city. Um, But yeah, the tax incentives and great film and television uh, programs here and the international film festivals, and they say affordable relative to similar U.S. cities. I don't know which cities. As you say, maybe Los Angeles and New York, perhaps, but probably not too many other cities. 
Probably San Fran, San Francisco, maybe a Seattle, but yeah, it's a, it's it's a pricey one, uh, no doubt. Hey, Laura, that's a really interesting piece of data. Thank you for bringing it to the table this morning, and thank you for uh, your coverage here on the Oscars. I know that one kind of kind of spun up on us, but I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, Dave. That's Laura Bain at the Entertainment Desk coming up after the break. The BC Transit strike continues in the Vancouver area. I've got an update to share with you. And then Brock Richardson stops by for a sports chat. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.